Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 92 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media, and today presented by our friends over at SeatGeek. I know we're still in the midst of a lockout. There hasn't been player movement for months, but do you remember way back in November when there was actually a trade that happened between the Cincinnati Reds and the Detroit Tigers? I know that today's guest, Tucker Barnhart, does. Remember that way back then? It seems like forever ago, but yeah, I definitely remember that for sure. Okay, I don't know who's wearing the cooler hat. I'm wearing the old English D, but it's like an old spring training orange flavor to it just to make you feel comfortable. What do you have on your head? Um, You know, it's the old Blackbeard flag. It's a Black Rifle Coffee Company hat. And uh, uh, major, major fan of those guys. So it's, uh, it's a beauty. I like it a lot. Okay. Uh, a lot. Uh, so you got to fill us in. Where are you right now? I'm in Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm at home. Um, I, I've toyed with the idea of going down to Florida, but I have so many people here that I see on a daily basis from a, from a baseball side, whether it's working out or hitting or throwing and that stuff that I kind of have to stay here and, and figure out when the time comes or whenever the, it makes the most sense to head south. So hoping that we get something figured out here in the relative short term and that way we can get rolling and get everything off uh, when we're supposed to. How much are you paying attention every day to what's going on? Well, I was a uh, I was a rep for for the Reds for the last six years. So um, I when I got traded, I don't know I don't actually know how that works. If I, I I'm not technically the rep for the for the Tigers, I don't think. Um, but I'm still on all the phone calls and everything. Um, I actually before right before we kicked this off, uh, I was on a union call, just kind of getting filled in on where everything is or where everything stands. So to answer your question, I'm I'm dialed in every every day. I respect uh, the privacy of, uh, of matters like that, but you need to give our, our fan base a little taste of what is happening, whether it's the frustration. Do you feel like there's been any movement made? Are we getting closer? I, I think so. I, there, there, are so many, there are so many things out there in regards to the major sticking points, the, C, the CBT, the um, salary ARB and things like that. But there are so many little things that we've already finished, that we've gotten fixed, that we've gotten ironed out, that that have been ironed out for a long time. They just aren't talked about. And there are very little things. Right. Um, but there are things all, that, that are going to have to get get figured out or needed to get figured out in order to get a deal. Um, there has been very, very slow progress, I would say. I think we are getting closer. I mean, obviously, it's not as close as everybody would want it. Um, there's no question about that. But I, I'm an optimist, man. I live my I live my life optimistically, life optimistically, and I'm I'm hopeful that we can we can get something done. I think uh, they they're getting ready to uh, walk into a meeting um, as I sit here now. So hopefully, something good comes from today, and uh, we can snowball that into something that looks pretty close to a deal. Okay, good. Uh, listen, this is not a labor pod, but I just want to ask one more question because sure. that's not the reason I wanted to have you on here. In fact, I did not know you were a player rep. Uh, with the red so no worries um, i don't mean to bombard you with all this stuff but while we're here we might as well just dive in the water no question why not we know that the owners have said listen if we don't have a deal by february 28th which is the date that this pod is coming out that you guys won't get full salary for the season you guys could then turn around and say fine you want to play that game well we won't do extended playoffs which is in our right and we sure. won't have little patches on the uniform which is your right so you guys can both both hold things over each other's head yeah. And I think that, I think, and I think it's clear that both sides know that. And I think that's what we're, I think what's why we're stuck. I think we, we as players are holding the things that we have the most leverage in and then the owners are doing the same thing. So I, I just, I think for, for the, for the game itself, I think it, it clearly makes the most sense to get a deal and not miss any games. And that's just my own personal opinion. Uh -huh. Um, and I, like I said, I'm really hopeful that, that we can get there and we can get opening day kicked off uh, when it's supposed to, I think it, it would be terrible for the game if, if not, in my opinion. Yeah. People have heard me. I don't need to go over my, my thing. So I want to get <laughs> on to Tucker Barnhart and your world, which got shaken up a little bit in November. Sure. Sure. Um, how'd you find out you were traded? I was playing golf. Um, I've, <laughs> I, I won. In, in 17, when I won my first gold glove, I found out that I had won on the golf course. Um, I found out that my wife was pregnant for, with our second son on a golf course. And I found out that I got traded on a golf course. So if, I, if there's anything like monumental in my life that I need to happen or that, that 
is on the verge of happening, I'll probably be on a golf course. <laughs> so maybe I should send you out to the eighth hole so that the um, <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Can end. exactly. I think I think if it were if there weren't snow on the ground, I, that's where I would be right now. There's no doubt about that. All right. So what does this mean? You're on the golf course. It's not like the caddy master is going to come up or the, the drink cart person is going to say, hey, right. Tucker, did you hear you got dealt? <laughs> no, I was, uh, um, I'd gotten, I gotten a text from, from my agent. It, I think that we were a couple days post post world series. Um, I, I think they had five days. The reds did to, to decide whether or not they were going to pick up my option. Um, I think it was, like I said, three or four days after the world series. And uh, I got a text from my agent said, Hey, the Tigers called me. Um, they were asking if you were interested in playing in Detroit. And I mean, obviously I wasn't going to say no. Um, and then I got a call from, from Nick Kroll, uh, the GM for the Reds and, uh, said, Hey, we're just want to keep you updated. We're talking with a team, um, about trading you. And clearly I knew I had talked to my agent prior and knew that it made the most sense that it was the Tigers. Um, and so, He's like, hey, I'll, I'll keep you updated. I'll call you back uh, this afternoon and uh, let you know if anything happens. And sure enough, about an hour later, he called me and said that the, that uh, that I'd been traded, that he um, thanked me for everything and, and, and my, uh, with my time in Cincinnati and stuff like that. And that was that. Just like that. Just like, like that. It, and I talked to AJ me. Hinch. I talked to Al Avila. I talked to everybody. I talked to Chris Fetter. I talked to everybody uh, in a very short period of time. Um, and then as the days after that happened, kind of got familiar, familiarized uh, with the front office and with uh, with third base coaches, first base coaches, catching coaches, everybody. And then the lockout happened and I haven't heard from anybody since. <laughs> OK, we'll get to that part momentarily. But, you know, you are a lifelong red. You were drafted by that team. That's the only thing you have ever known. I can't imagine that the rest of your round went great because your world just got turned upside down. No, it was, uh, I actually, I was on, I think 14 and I ended up, I was right by the clubhouse and I ended up leaving and going home and talking to my wife. And we were kind of, I mean, we had, it was sad, man. I mean, I, like you said, I, I grew up, I grew up with the Reds. I spent, I mean, I'm 31 and I got drafted when I was 18. So I spent quite a bit of my life, uh, as a Cincinnati Red, uh, player in the, in the big leagues. And then obviously in the minor leagues as well. And, I'd gotten to know so many people, um, Delano DeShields and Freddie Benavides, who were on our staff last year. Um, Freddie was the uh, infield coordinator when I got drafted, and I played for Delano in the minor leagues at virtually every every level. Uh, he was my manager. And so he, those guys had seen me play pretty much as much as anybody in my life had. And saying goodbye to those guys was tough. Uh, I, I, I packed up my locker after we – got back uh, on our last trip and, and it was hard to leave. Like I was in tears walking out just cause I, I just had the feeling. I mean, I, I had been with in Cincinnati so long, Tyler Stevenson earned the right to play every day. And, and I feel like I've earned the right to play every day still as well. And the, the writing was on the wall and it's, it's nobody's fault. And, and I'm happy for the Reds. They're, they're they have a great future in Tyler and um, I'm excited for, for a new chapter in my life and my career. And, uh, it's going to be good for me and my, for my family, but understanding it, I mean, it's, listen, you're still going to make almost $8 million. You're going to be an everyday catcher with a young up and coming team, but that, that doesn't help you deal with the emotions of it. I no, mean, I imagine that there all. were probably some times where you had to share some conversations with your wife about how hurt, hurtful it was. Yeah, it. I don't know if hurtful is necessarily the right word because I'm, I'm very thankful for what the Reds mm -hmm. and for what they did for me in my career, but it, it just bittersweet, I think is, is a really good way to put it. I mean, I I'm so excited. I'm so happy that I, that I am in Detroit and that I'm going to be on a good team and that we are going to have a younger staff that hopefully I can influence them in any little way. Um, but also, I mean, the Reds are all like, to your point, or it was everything I knew. Uh, and all, uh, so many, so many great people at, just at the stadium. Um, I mean, my boys, my boys grew up, I mean, they're only four and 18 months, but they, that's all my oldest son knows is Cincinnati and the, the fire that comes out of smokestacks when a guy strikes somebody out or whatever, firework Fridays and things like that. And there are obviously more memories that, that we'll make, but I, I just think that there's so many, so many times that people don't see the personal side of things. Mm -hmm. We packed up a house that we rented for the last five years and all the stuff that we've accumulated, baby toys and, 
and and baseball stuff and it just everything it just it was it was it bittersweet for sure there's no doubt about that i know one thing you packed up out of the rental house that sweet piece of art behind your head yeah you like that you know actually micah johnson former dodger former Chicago yes. White Sox, he painted that for me that's awesome he did it so it's a it's a cool piece for sure five nice feet little... by five feet yeah that's big man it's he's, had huge. Nice, he's had a nice little run with that you ready for your spring fling but your dingling ain't quite working that's okay. I want you to head over to GetRoman.com slash Rose right now. You can speak to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional about erectile dysfunction. And by the way, you'll get 15 bucks off your first month of treatment. Now, here's the deal. You're probably thinking, man, I, I got a problem. Am I the only one? You are not. Here's the numbers to back it. More than half the men ages 40 to 70 are dealing with some form of erectile dysfunction. And the nice thing is about Get Roman is that once again, you speak to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional in the privacy of your own home. You don't have any doctor's visits. You don't have to go to the pharmacy. If medication is needed, they're going to send it right to your comforts of your own home. So you don't have to deal with the, uh, okay, who needs the ED medicine? Anybody around here? I don't know. None of that. Once again, gets taken care of over the phone and the medication, if needed, gets sent right to your home. So once again, it is GetRoman.com slash Rose to speak to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional and get 15 bucks off your first month of treatment. So listen, dude, get Roman ready. So you know what? You talked about that you'll ho hopefully have some sort of, you know, bearing on the future of this young staff. I mean, there's a reason they traded for you, brother. You're a gold club, club catcher for a reason. Yeah. And the future of this organization is going to be dependent on those three young monsters. It really is. I agree. You... I, I'm excited. I'm excited to work with them, man. I really am. I, I think that I provide a unique perspective um, in Cincinnati. I was on the heels of a team that was supposed to win, catching guys like Johnny Cueto, Mike Leake, Homer Bailey, Bronson. Um, and then we transitioned, obviously, to a rebuild. And I'm catching Luis Castillo's first start in the big leagues. Uh, Rysel Iglesias, when he just came over from Cuba and was coming out of the pen and and they were toying around with him being a starter. Um, Tyler Malley's debuts, just so many guys that I've I've seen kind of like both ends of the spectrum. Uh, and in the last couple of years, catching guys, Sonny Gray, uh, a mature version of Luis Castillo, um, Trevor Bauer. I mean, guys that that are horses in the big leagues. And and so it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Like some of the some of my best stories and, and things that I would consider some of my greatest accomplishments are watching the guys like Luis Castillo, like watch it click for them. It's like kind of seeing them understand that they can be dominant in, at the big league level and they're not really doing anything but being themselves. And, and I think that being able to help a guy realize that and understand that I, I, I grew up around a teacher and my dad, would always talk about that when he would come home from school about teaching Jimmy math, math problem and seeing it in his, like the look in his eyes, like when he finally gets mm -hmm. it. And like, to me, that's rubbed, that rubbed off on me. And like, I, I love that stuff. Like, I mean, you obviously with, with my kids and watching my kids do it, but like just being a part of somebody, a small part in somebody's success at the big league level is really cool for me. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I love that. Um, since your dad was a teacher, were you a good student? Uh, probably not as good as I should have been. Um, <laughs> the, the baseball thing for me was always number one. So, um, but yeah, he, I was, I, I got into Georgia tech, so I was doing just fine. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. <laughs> yeah. You, you can't, they don't just give those scholarships away. Right. There. You got to at least compete a little bit academically. Exactly. You know. All right. I want to get back to the guys you've caught. You have to be part psychologist back there because you're dealing with such a wide range of personalities. Okay. Did you ever have to get in somebody's ass and be like, yo, bro, let's clean your shit up right now? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it happens a lot. And, and I, I went through an, a unique because that's that's how I like to be coached. I like to be coached that way. Somebody like if I suck, tell me I suck and let's it's going to help me out. Don't candy coat it. Don't sugarcoat it and try to prop me up like that's not going to be how I'm going to respond like the best. And I, I would. I tell this story and I owe him a lot of credit for it because it changed my outlook on things. We were in Wrigley field. I believe it was in 15 and Michael Lorenzen had just, 
had been up for for a little bit, but I'd, I'd caught him in the minor leagues for a little while, and and I knew Michael. And I went out there, and I I, I got into him just like that. I was like, hey, man, look, like, what are we doing? Like are, like, are you here? Like, that kind of thing. Like, we need to lock it in. And he looked me dead in the face and said, whose team are you on? And at that moment, it pissed me off. And I was like, wait, I, I don't want him to ever question, like, whose team I'm on. Like, this is me trying to help. And that's when it, like, it clicked for me, like, the psychologist piece of it was like, okay, guys are coached, need to be coached differently. And, and so I owe him a lot because before, before I was always the guy that would just go out there and get in somebody's ass. Um, instead of kind of understand the situation, understand who I'm talking to, um, and understand how they like to be coached. And, but and so in a long winded way, Wade Miley was last year, he loved to get his ass chewed. <laughs> so I would go out and I'd basically, I, we would go at it on the mound and, um, uh, he would risk that's just he, and he would respond well to it. And he told well, me, me like, for I, I needed it. I want to know, like, are you swearing at each other? What happens? Yeah, I mean, we we were in uh, – a good one is we were in Cincinnati. Um, he was grinding. He was out there just pissed off Wade Miley isn't the guy you want on the mound. The guy that – the the no-hitter Wade Miley obviously is the guy you want, but the way he was that day is the Wade Miley you want. We were playing – we had a two-hour rain delay. And not to get off on too much of a tangent because I could talk about this night forever, but – we had a two hour rain delay and 45 minutes before he had to go or before the game, he was arranging a high card game in the middle of the clubhouse. And he was laying on the floor, like counting out cards for everybody. But we were, we were in Cincinnati and he was, he was scuffling. He was, he was uh, talking shit to himself on the mound. You could hear him. Like while I was behind the plate, I could hear him. And I go out there and I was like, dude, like, you know, that pissed off Wade Miley sucks like he is absolutely terrible and you know that and he's like yeah he's like i'm out here trying buddy i'm out here trying it's like i know you're trying but you're trying way too damn hard and he's like we ended up like i went back to the mound or to the plate and he was obviously still on the mound and he was like laughing as i was like backpedaling back to the to the plate and he ended up i think going two or three more innings and pitching into the seventh inning but those 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 things happen those those situations they happen for sure but they're they're, they are wide ranging. They're chewing somebody's ass. They're asking somebody where we're going to dinner after the game, or there's like, Hey man, you're going to be all right. Like we're just fine. They're kind of prop me up types. I got some, some beautiful, beautiful no hitter stories, man. We were in, we, we still had a taxi squad at the time. And uh, Art Warren, who sounds like Barry Manilow, sounds like he should be singing in, in Vegas 45 times a year on stage. But, he was on the taxi squad and in Cleveland, obviously, you know, this, you walk back to the hotel and it was, we had that long rain delay and Art walked back to the, to the hotel because uh, he couldn't stay there for the game. He was in the bath. And so if you've seen Art Warren, he's like six, four, two fifth, like he's a just humongous person. So how he was in the Marriott bathtub is, is another story all in itself, but he was following the game on his phone and ended up, throwing clothes on and running from the Marriott to progressive field. And is it progressive field still? I don't, I, it, it is it, sure. Um, and finally gets to the gets, has to talk somebody in to letting him down in the clubhouse so he could celebrate with us. It was, that was a good one. And then we went through this, this phase where the staff wasn't letting our starters go third time through the order really virtually no matter how you were pitching. And it was just something that they analytically, they thought made the most sense. And so Amir's in the bullpen. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm telling this story through as an account from the way Sean Doolittle told it. So Doolittle was, is the best. And he's explaining this, this story. He's saying, Hey, he's like, so Wade goes out for the seventh inning and Amir looks at Doolittle and he goes, hell yeah, they're letting Wade go out or they'll let Wade go out again. Like, and, Sean goes, he looked at him, he said, duh, of course. That was all he said. Gets three outs, goes back out for the eighth inning. He said, hell yeah, Wade's going back out for the eighth inning. I can't believe they're letting him go this long. And Doolittle's starting to think, like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? And ninth inning rolls around, gets three outs, and they're run. everybody's running in from the bullpen. And Amir's looking at 
do. And he goes, hell yeah, complete game shutout. And he goes, no, you idiot. He threw a fucking no hitter. And he goes, oh, and he just fucking gone running. It was so much fun, man. There's so many crazy stories. Wade was literally laying on the floor, dealing out cards, with walking around with his hat, collecting $100 bills for high card, and goes out and throws a no hitter. It was, it was fun, for sure. Yeah, it's amazing stuff. We will be right back to Tucker Barnhart, John Boy Media fan, Tucker Barnhart. He also catches on the Chris Rose rotation, Rob Scirocco, hot, also hot, DraftKings, Sportsbook, and we've got some UFC. Masvidal, whoa. That's one of the big ones. He's facing Covington, and guess what? If you bet $1 on the main event, you can get $100 in free bets no matter what. First round knockout, draw, double knockout. No matter the outcome, you get paid. Everyone can enter their free pool with $10,000 in prizes. So many things to bet on. How long will the fight last? All of that stuff. Why don't you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ROSE. Throw down $1 on the UFC 272 main event and get $100 in free bets no matter the outcome. That's Code Rose this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. 21 plus, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789 in Connecticut. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in New York. Call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Woo! Who's the guy that likes being yelled at? I would say Wade was a guy. Sonny is a guy, too, uh, that, that liked to be yelled at. Um, Amir. Amir uh, was a guy that you could yell at. Um, it kind of helped out. Um, those are the three that kind of that come to the top of the top of my head. Um, By the way, you weren't. that wasn't you behind the plate the day that Amir went to the Pirates dugout, was it? No, I was hurt. I was hurt. That was Kyle Farmer. Oh. That was a that was one hell of an evening, that's for sure. <laughs> Were you in the dugout that day? I had to stay in the dugout. I was in the dugout, but they they were there was a trainer assigned to me to not go out on the field like when it happened. <laughs> so like I like inched my way out there. I ended up getting out there, but it was it's like you can get you you can get fined, you can if you're not in uniform or oh, whatever. Yeah, right. was that whole that whole deal. Well, can you I mean, have you ever gotten into it from behind the dish with a hitter? Like the old Crash Davis, Bull Durham sort of stuff. Like either, hey, don't show up my pitcher or get your ass moving or, you know, all that sort of stuff. Does that happen? No, I, I haven't. I haven't been in any of those situations. The closest I'd been, um, I think somebody got hit and they thought it was on purpose and standing up to kind of protect the pitcher. It was just like, hey, man, like, I'm not trying to hit you on purpose. Are you, like, look at the scoreboard, like kind of think about it for a second and nothing happened. But no, I hadn't. I hadn't been in any of those situations. Have you ever hit a person on purpose? I'm not confirmed nor deny that I've <laughs> hit somebody on purpose. <laughs> um, your favorite umpire behind the dish? Oh man, I loved working with Joe West. He did was you really? I did, man. I we just always kind of laughed and talked about country music, and just it was. I enjoyed it. Like I enjoyed it. He was. He was cool to work with. Um, let's see. Scott well, you know, Berry's. By the way, AJ Przinsky told me that Joe West could be an excellent umpire when he gave a shit. There's no doubt about it. Joe West is a damn good umpire. A damn good umpire. He didn't miss much at all. Okay. Scott Berry. Scott Berry's fun to work with. Um, he's a football guy. He's a Lions fan for some reason. Mm. I'm kidding. Um but uh, he's a Lions fan. I'm a Colts fan. And so we would go back and forth about that. But let's see. Those are two guys that really, really jump out to me. Pat Hoberg's good. John Tumpain is good. How far can you I get go? along with most of them? How far can you go behind the plate? Is it as simple as that, that call sucked versus you suck? 
Oh yeah. I've gotten, I got Ed Hick, not Ed Hickox. Um, oh, who threw me out in DC? I was behind the plate. This is a great story. I was second game of a doubleheader. Um, I'm behind the plate in, in the second game. We played a, a, a long, hot day game and Kirk Casale caught the first one. I caught the second game. Matt Adams hits a homer. I believe Matt Harvey was pitching in like the fifth inning to give him the lead. And by the time, like there, it was clearly a no doubt home run. We had gotten squeezed on a couple pitches prior and like Matt Adams hits the homer. The ball's probably halfway in the outfield, not even, not even to the, to the seats yet. And I looked up and I said, that shit's on you. And I got the gate as soon as, like before the ball even landed in the seats and uh, cause Sally was up in the clubhouse and I'm walking down the stairs in my gear. And he's like, and I, and I just, I could see him so pissed off. And I was like, dude, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And he, cause he had to throw his gear back on and get behind the plate, obviously. Uh, I, I got him a bottle of blue label. I had to wait for him after the game and everything was fine after that, but he was, he didn't want to see me talk to me. Nothing. Dude, for the look at the video. The you you took your mitt and you threw it off before you even got to the dugout. <laughs> I could, I could. Oh, that is great. Hey, are you into NFTs? If not, got an easy way for you to get in on the action. Did you know that Tops recently announced they're auctioning off a one of one Tops 1952 Mickey Mantle card NFT on OpenSea? It's going to happen March 1st at 1 p.m. Eastern. Now, if you don't know about OpenSea, it's an NFT auction platform where people can make bids to win highly prized NFT collectibles. And this is top of the line stuff. I'm talking about a one of one. In fact, the front and the back are the actual card in the original 1952 release that was digitally scanned and pulled from Topps Digital Archives specifically to be used in this one of one NFT. Now, once again, the auction kicks off on March 1st at 1 p.m. Eastern. It's live for three days, ending at 1 p.m. on March 4th. Any bid placed in the last 10 minutes of the auction will be extended, at least extend the auction by an additional 10 minutes as well. So you got to keep that in mind and keep your eyes on this thing. Once again, it is a one of one, and you can have your hands on Mickey Mantle's legacy. So go out and do it on top of that. If you're the winner of this auction, you get to spend time with Mickey Mantle's sons, Danny and David Mantle, a 30-minute video chat. You can find out all about Pops and how much he loved the sport and what he would think about his digital image being out there in the NFT collectible world. For more information on this historic release, visit TopsTimeless.com. I think I've had more Cincinnati Reds on this podcast than any other team because you guys have such big personalities. And we had Joey Votto last year. Do you remember the first time you met Joey Votto? I don't. Um, I, when I was a young guy in spring training, um, still in the minor leagues, I tried to stay as far away from Joey as possible just to not get in his way. Um, Were you scared of him? Not scared of him. Just knew that he was just – whenever he was at the yard, it was just – it's all business for the most part he's opened up um in in the most recent years there's no question about it but it was very much just kind of i'm here to work don't get in my way don't talk to me really um whether that was the way he was he would have treated me i wasn't sure um but to this day joey's one of my i would say one of my good friends in baseball and i truly feel like he would do anything for me um, and I would do the same for him. Um, but the first, my, my first encounter with Joe, I don't remember. Um, but I'm pretty sure he probably didn't know my name until about my third year in the big leagues. <laughs> <laughs> he is the most interesting man in baseball. I would be, I would be willing to bet. And it's not even close. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, he's, he's beautiful. <laughs> There's no other way that I could put it. It's just, he's a joy to be around watching that guy work and, Talk like finally breaking down the walls and talking to him and and seeing how much he cares about what he's doing and his teammates. It's it's cool. And what a renaissance he's had too. Man, man you ain't lying. It's uh last year was special watching that Homer run he went on. Uh, I don't remember what month it was in, but I I've seen Joey do some crazy things. There was a a second half of the year. 
can't remember exactly what year it was, but if he didn't get on base twice a night, you would think like, oh, like what, what's wrong? Like what's going on? He hit like 400 in the second half. He was hitting like 210 in June and finished the year over 300. It was just something just wild. But that, that homer run he went on last year was, was special. So you moved from Joey Votto to Miguel Cabrera now. I, Pretty lucky. Yeah. One you, Hall of Famer to another, in my opinion. You've had to game plan against him for years. Yep. I mean, you guys aren't in the same division. You aren't even in the same league. But you – I mean, I know you played against him last year, for instance. Uh, when he was going good, did you get a chance to try and game plan against him? Um, in – let's see. Not the year he won the Triple Crown – um, I watched – he, to this day, has hit one of the most impressive right-handed home runs I, I, I've ever seen. It was off Johnny Cueto. I wasn't behind the plate, but I was in the dugout. It was raining in Cincinnati, and it, he hit it to right field, and it looked like a left-handed pulled home run just as far as it went and, like, the trajectory of the ball. Um, but there for a while, if, if you didn't get the ball in on him, he was going to kill you. I mean, it was just that simple. You had to, like – get the ball into him and if you missed it all you probably were going to be reaching for another ball for the umpire it was just I, I I'm really excited to just go from Joey to Miguel and, and watch him work and pick his brain hopefully and uh hopefully he can make me a little bit better um give me the top three guys that are most difficult in baseball to pitch to I'm gonna I'm gonna reference them when they're all going good um Yelich, Christian Yelich is – he hit – I think it was – I don't remember the year. Um, it was the year he won the MVP, but he hit for the cycle against the Reds twice. Twice, yes. In the same year. Uh, a lot of guys don't do it twice in their careers, uh, but he did it twice against us in the same year. Uh, so, Yelich is way up there on the list. Um, let's see. It's hard for me to ever get Paul Goldschmidt out. It doesn't matter – Going good, going bad. He always seems to trick me into something. Um, and we we used to always get him hot, it felt like. Um, so Paul's way up there on the list. Mike Trout is, I mean, I, I the guys in the American League, the guys in the American League, I'm I don't I haven't seen as much. I haven't had as much uh history with. So Mike's obviously up there. Uh Yelich, Goldschmidt for sure. Um, there's somebody that Oh, Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant is – he – we used to always – we seem to always get him hot too. They're sure. And so the, the top three, I'll, I'll, I'll say for the, from the National League, it would be the guys that I would say would be Yelly, um, Chris Bryant, and then uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Okay, good. Um, so you are in Indianapolis. You are in the heart of basketball country. In fact, one of your buddies from high school – has made it to the NBA and he is a Charlotte Hornet. And that of course would be Gordon Hayward. Yep. How bad a boy was he back in the day? He was, um, you know, it's ironic. He was actually a better tennis player than a basketball player for a long time. He, uh, he, I believe if I remember correctly, he's a great older than I am. I think he, he didn't, he didn't make the JV team as a freshman. I think he wasn't on the varsity team as a, until he was a sophomore. Um, and, but the ju his junior and senior year were just ridiculous. He played with another guy named Julian Mavunga, who I believe is over in he, – he's either in Spain or China, I think, playing basketball right now professionally. So we had both of those guys, um, and it was just – I mean, if you, if you didn't beat a team by 10 to 15 or 20 points a night, it was – something was – somebody had a bad game basically. But, yeah, but uh, it was it was special to watch. It's hilarious because you look at the Gordon Hayward that you grew up with, where he's got like the matted down hair, <laughs> and you're like, "Where'd this guy come from? Are we sure that he's any good?" And you know, he's killing it in college. And now you look at him, and you're like, "Who's the supermodel?" Right? He looks like a different person. He looks like a completely different dude. Finally got a a good haircut. He even the Butler days, he had a rough one. Um, but now he's, he's a, he's a big, he's a big dude. He's, a, it looks like a complete, I, it's hard to recognize him to be honest with you. I didn't, if I didn't know who he was, it would be, if I, and I saw pictures of him back then till now, I'd be like, there's no way that's the same person. 
So is your high school like a sports factory? Because it's, you know, baseball wise, it's you, it's Drew Storen, Lance Lynn, right? Went to the same yep. place. What, what's yeah, going on we, there? We went on a run, man. We, we had like, I want to say not, not all the way to up to a decade, but we had a, a pretty good six, seven, eight year run. We had a guy named, um, he actually was from Michigan, but he, he spent all of his high school years in at Brownsburg high school named Chris Jones. He won a, a super bowl with the Patriots. He's a defensive sure. lineman. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, we had Gordon, we had a guy named Julian, that guy named Julian, um, numerous or a couple other female girls, basketball players that went on to play in college, um, multiple soccer players. It, we went on a little bit of a run there that, and not saying that they don't still, but it was, it was a, it was a crazy run, man. It, it was, there was something in the water there for, for, for quite a, quite a while. And then who'd you get your first major league hit off of? Uh, Dylan G. Oh, I thought Dylan it was Lance G Lynn. was, well, my debut, I faced Lance and wow. I, t- I talked to him. This was probably a year after, um, uh, he's like, dude, you remember your debut? And I said, yeah. And he said, I said, what were you doing? He's like, do you not remember what I was doing? And, and I, I looked at him like, no, I thought you were trying to get me out. He's like, I was th- trying to throw you fastballs right down the middle. I wanted you to get a hit off of me. And obviously I did not get it at the time. Um, but yeah, it was, Lance is a good dude. I'll never forget. He came into Cincinnati and this was, he was having like a midlife baseball crisis. Lance, Lance absolutely raked in high school. Hit some of the longest home, longest home. I exactly. You would never know now, but he raked. He would hit some of the longest home runs I've ever seen. And he came into, he was still in St. Louis, came into Cincinnati and he was now a switch hitter. Like he had switch hitter, like on the roster, the printed roster. And I, I asked him before the, before the game during BP as like switch hitter. Cause he had never hit left-handed and like growing up at all, but yeah, switch hitter. And he sure as sure enough came up that like the next night hitting left-handed. He said, I can't hit right-handed. So I might as well try to hit left-handed. It was, it was something to watch. That's for sure. Well, it was funny. You mentioned that he went through kind of a midlife baseball crisis He's one of those guys that's like CC Sabathia. They came up and they were big dudes. And then they lost all the weight. And then they went, you were like, no, you're not good, Finn. <laughs> like, go back and stuff your face full of, like, ho-hos and cupcakes. And I'll see you in, you know, six months. No doubt about it. Bearded, bearded White Sox Lance Lynn is right where Lance Lynn needs to be. He yeah. doesn't need to be. He doesn't need to be clean shaven, thin Lance in the Bronx. He needs to be big bearded Lance from the South Side of Chicago. That's right, that's so. Him. You mentioned earlier you're a Colts fan. Is that like your live and die team? I would say so. That, that's that's pretty accurate for sure. So we getting Carson Wentz out of there or what? I, it sounds like it. It definitely oh, no, sounds no. like it. Don't give me that. It sounds like it. <laughs> You're Chris Ballard. It, what are you doing? I, I, I got to move on. I got to move on unless it's a lateral move. And if it's a lateral move, then it doesn't make any sense. But yeah. so hopefully, what I'm hoping for is that we can get Pat McAfee to swindle Aaron Rodgers down this way and <laughs> make a run that, that direction. <laughs> I don't know how logical or realistic that is, but that's, that's the dream. You're on the wrong streaming service. You shouldn't be spending your time with um, Chris Rose. You should be spending your time with Pat McAfee trying to figure out how to get oh, Rodgers no. down there. No, 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 no. I'm in the right spot. Uh, try and get on there with you know, Tuesdays with Aaron Rodgers. So <laughs> do you go to Colts games? I mean, is, are you that big a fan? We go, uh, I would say my wife and I, we probably head down to two a year. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, we go, we definitely make an effort to get down there to, uh, to a game. I mean, you can't beat the, the TV experience at home, in my opinion, I'm with you, but, but we try to, we try to get down there. I would say once or twice a, a winner. Did, did you watch the in season hard knocks with them? I did. I really enjoyed it. I was trying to put myself in that position from like, like, in a from a baseball standpoint, I thought they did a, a hell of a job covering. Great job. I thought it was really cool. It was really cool to kind of dive into the, the behind the scenes because I think it opens up a personal element to for in, in, a, in a positive way for for fans i really do i think it's shows you that we're not all robots all athletes are robots and that there's 
a personal element to it. And it's, it's definitely, it, I thought they did a hell of a job. In fact, I think that's the way to go for the future. Like, you know, I think it's kind of, I'm not going to say it's gotten stale with the training camp one, but it's, you know, when you're in season and you get that sort of access and there's the swings and, you know, guys are coming back from injury, guys are leaving, you're losing games. You think you should win. You're winning games. You think, you know, maybe you were going to lose. Like it was quite a, an emotional I agree. ride. I, I agree completely. I think the, the, you only get so much out of the training camp, the spring training, if they were to do something like right. that. I mean, it's in a way it's a glorified vacation to be honest, but during the season when it's all on the line, I think, I think they, I hope that they do, they stay along the, and, and they keep that, keep that for sure. Could we do that in baseball? I, I think you could do a version of it. Uh, I think, to, I think, I think it would get, get kind of stale just because we do play every single day and there's weeks that you go that nothing really changes. Um, so I think it would be, you have to kind of do it. You'd have to film a bunch of it, I think, and then re release it. At, I don't know that you could, I think you could film it during the season. I don't know if you could release it during the season because I don't think you would have enough to do a, like a week by week thing. Mm. Um, I think it would, I think it would become kind of stale, but I think it would be fun to do for sure. I know they did. I forget if it was Showtime or somebody did it with the San Francisco Giants a year, maybe like 2011, like after the they won their first one, or it was one mm -hmm. of those. They kind of followed them around a little bit. So it'll be fun. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you on that stuff. If we had followed you around, would you? It's interesting because I've got my youngest son plays uh, high school baseball, and all the parents they always freak out when the beginning of the year their kid's not hitting the ball, right? And I was like, you have to understand. The best in the world, they go like two for 26 on a road trip, and they're sitting somewhere in freaking Milwaukee at three in the morning looking at themselves in a full-length mirror using a pizza box as home plate trying to figure out what the hell's wrong with their swing. Am I on base no there? Right with a hundred percent. I've taken bats back to hotels. I've taken gloves back to hotels. I've seen teammates do the same thing. I mean, you are completely – on track with every word you just said. I mean, it, it happens almost, I would say somebody does something along those lines. Once a series, it doesn't matter where it is. I mean, it could be the first series of the year or the last everybody, I would say to a point kind of has their own version of panic and, and 3 AM sweats in the mirror where you're thinking, am I ever going to hit, hit a ball that finds grass again, that doesn't get caught? I mean, that's absolutely accurate. So if you, you know, we do have some young people that listen to this podcast, in which case I apologize for the language I use sometimes, but for young people that are listening and they're like, yeah, I want to be a major leaguer, but if they just want to enjoy baseball, what, what words of advice do you have for them right now? I think that I think it's rather cliche, but I think it, it makes the most sense is you can't take it too seriously. I really do. I, I think that you if you lose the fact that this is a game, I think that you're trending in a in a like a pessimistic or a negative way. Uh, I think that even at the, the highest level, the, the best players in the world all struggle. They're all taking, like I said, taking bats back to hotels and trying to figure things out and trying. And I think there's a, there's a fine line between taking it seriously and taking it too seriously. Mm -hmm. And I flirt with that line. I would say daily. Uh, I think that's the best. That's one of my best attributes, but my worst as well is just the way I play. I play emotionally. I'm an emotional dude. And it's just, it is what it is. It's like, it's never, it's never going to get out, get out of, of, of me as a person or as a player. But I think when I'm going my best or when I, my teammates are going their best, it's everybody's having fun. Everybody's enjoying it because it is a game. And we, we played the same game on a little bit smaller scale when we were three, four, five years old. Um, and it is cliche, but it's, it's the truth. In my opinion, you got to enjoy it. Um, and you got to realize that you are playing a game and you're not, you're not at a normal job really to be honest it's good stuff i like it um how do you not bring stuff home like do you have to talk yourself 
down a little bit sometimes? Have you had times where you like you walk through the door and you're still like last year didn't go great for you guys? I thought you guys were going to be way better and you weren't. No so doubt. I imagine there were yes. days you walked home pissed off. I yes, all of that. Yes, I have to. I I generally like to live like in the in the cities that I play in, or well, obviously Cincinnati. I made a point to stay twenty five ish minutes away from the ballpark. So when I am driving home, I kind of get all of it out on the drive home, whether it's roll the windows down in the summer and listen to music and kind of take my mind off of it. Or if it's call my pops and talk to him or call whoever and talk to them or, or whatever, just even the the best of days too, like trying not to get being able to kind of come down from those and, and, and be able to go to sleep and get up and do the same thing the next day, you know? So I make a point to, to stay, 20 ish minutes away from the park. So I can clear my head that way. My kids, man, my, my boys and my wife, they've, they've all helped me out so much. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a, I'm a red ass. And like I said, I always will be. Um, but knowing that as soon as I walk through the door, if my kids are still up, that they don't care if dad went four for four with the Homer or for mm-hmm. four with four punch outs, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, that's, that's helped me out so much, um, and not bringing things home. And my, my wife's, my wife's a saint, man. She's awesome. She was an athlete. She, she was a cheerleader in college. And so she, she gets the grind of what it's like to be an athlete. Um, and so she, she does a good job of just kind of leaving baseball at the field. And if I want to talk about it, great, but she really never brings it up, which is, which is cool too. Where'd she cheer? She cheered Ole Miss. Um, oh, yeah, she's an SEC girl. Toddy, toddy. Yep. All she's right, an SEC girl. Yeah. Did you ever go like go see her cheer? Were you guys together when she? No, was- we uh, we didn't we didn't cross paths until uh, she had moved. So she, she relocated when she was really little to Alabama for a job for her dad's job. Um, went to Ole Miss and then moved back to Indianapolis to finish her last year of college, and we met then. So I, we haven't made it down to Oxford. We will eventually. Uh, but we'll get back down there, but yeah. we haven't been yet. No, I I've heard been, nothing but great either. things. No, I've heard, I've heard it's pretty good. <laughs> Got a few more things here. I want to play a quick little game with you. It's okay. called uh, two truths and a lie. Okay. So two of the things are, are accurate about your career. And one is a lie. Got it. So here we go. You have faced Kyle Hendricks more than any other pitcher in the show. You have never hit a triple on the road. Or you bat over 400 when you bunt. Two of those are true Ooh. and one's a lie. Find the lie. I don't think I've ever hit a triple on the road. Wait, you think that's false or do you think that's... I think that's a lie. I think I, I think that I faced Kyle Hendricks more than anybody. And I think I when I bunt, I bat over 400. I think those are true. I think I've never hit good. a triple on the road. You which hit- is crazy because Cincinnati is a small part. Yeah, well, you have hit a triple on the road. Do you know where it I is? Have. No, I don't. You ready to see it? Here we go. It's at the trop, dude. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Oh, man. Is it somebody, off of Tommy Hunter? Somebody made it. Yeah, somebody made a bad dive in center. And that's, <laughs> I'm not trying to take away your glory that's here. That's the only – oh, you're not. That's the only way I would ever get a triple. Standing. Either that way. or Colorado. Standing triple. <laughs> There you go. Feel good. Look at that. Chewing on your mouth guard like Steph Curry. Yes, sir. Look like your thumb guard. Okay, that was nice. Oh, Peter Borges. I remember him. He could could really run, but that was about it. All right, good. We got you your triple. I think you're one of the first ones to actually hit that on the two truths and a lie. Beautiful. Nice work on that. Nice work. Um, I did a little investigation. Somebody said you throw the best 4th of July parties. I have, we had an absolute blowout July 4th party in Cincinnati a few years ago. Yeah, it was, it was exceptional. Who was the one that uh, embarrassed themselves the most? Man, I think it was a pretty clean, I don't have any, I don't have anybody that embarrassed themselves. I really don't. Maybe I would say maybe Scooter Jeanette for bringing Mm. all of the illegal fireworks, but that's about it. Okay. Who seemed to be having the best time, though? Kyle Farmer had an incredible time. Okay. Kyle Farmer had an incredible – Derek Dietrich had a good time. Oh, of course, Dietrich. 
Good Cleveland guy right there. <laughs> He's a beauty. Um, I had a great time. I had a great time. That away. Those are important team bonding moments. No question. We had every almost everybody there. It was great. Let's bring that to Detroit. All right, we're going to spin the wheel of moderately interesting things before we let you get back to being daddy and hanging out in okay. Indianapolis, where I'll be for the scouting combine next week, by the way. Here we you go. I'll have to come by and see it. Nice. Stevie's wondering. Trying to find out if you are very superstitious. Uh, what is your uh, big-time baseball superstition? Um, I... I, I'm not the most superstitious guy in the world. I will say that. I will admit that. Um, I have the, I got some advice from Jordan Pacheco uh, when I was in AAA. It said the hits are in the socks. So if you go over, I would get a new pair of socks. And I did that until our Rick Stowe, our clubhouse guy, said, you need another pair of socks. So I was on like an over <laughs> 20. I was on an 0 for 20, and it was on my like sixth pair of socks in, in the week. And he's like, hey, dude, like, give it a rest. It's not it, it in the socks, brother. It's not the socks. So that's like my one that if I if I can do I might take that to Detroit for a few minutes. But if they give me hell about it, then I have to get rid of it again. That's funny. Yeah, dude, it is not in the socks. See that, see that batting <laughs> cage over there? Go spend a few days there. Yeah, it's still not working. Come back and see it. The <laughs> socks will be on me. No doubt. Go, go, go take that tea home. You can have that one. Go take it home. That's some funny shit. Uh, listen, it was great getting to know you a little bit better. Uh, I wish you luck in, in Detroit, except for 19 times a year against the Cleveland Guardians. Don't take it personally. <laughs> just my no worries. Rooting, will not. Just my rooting interest. And and hopefully we can catch up during the season. Because this was a good I hope combo. so. I hope so, man. I would love to. Good. Well, uh, send my best to your family and then your new baseball family down there uh, you know, in Florida when you get to see them, the Detroit Tigers. And we look forward to seeing you in a new uni in 2022. I will. I will do the same. Thanks, guys, for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Special shout out to the one and only producer extraordinaire, Robbie Scirocco. I am Chris Rose. Thanks so much for tuning in again to the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media and presented to you by our friends at SeatGeek.